hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming from wonderful downtown Boise today. And today on the line, you don't want to miss out, we are going to be talking about the state of our healthcare system. And Dr. Bohr, Dr. Brian Bjord is a board is a chiropractor from South Carolina, and he is going to talk about what got him into chiropractic and um, some modalities, some patient stories, and especially we're going to start off with um, our healthcare system and the the state of our healthcare system. So, Dr. Bohr, can you uh, welcome to the show? Thank you. It's you're good well, to be here. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. And tell us a little bit about our healthcare system. We were talking a little bit before the show. Tell us what your thoughts is about the current state of our healthcare system. Well, it's unfortunate, but the current state of the healthcare system is really not good. Um, it seems like it's not really involved in health at all because it seems to want to generate customers, repeat customers, rather than actually trying to solve a number of these problems that they claim to be uh, in direct opposition to. I mean, look at, look at the, just the, the, the random on well, the random, not the random, but the, um, the, the, the sheer numbers overall of uh, cases of diabetes, of uh, cancer, of heart disease, of obesity, of any, uh, depression, ADHD, everything there's nothing that is on the decline. Everything is on the rise. And just looking at the stats, it's kind of scary. Just if you do a, do a little bit of a, not even a deep dive, just a shallow dive, do a comparison of the numbers of cases of all of these conditions from as recently as 50 years ago. I mean, 50 years ago is, that's, I mean, I, I just crossed 50. So there you go. Just in my lifetime, these numbers have skyrocketed. And if the healthcare system was really involved in improving people's health, then what's the explanation? Really, are we, are we failing that badly? But we don't tend to think along those lines. We don't tend to think about um, what makes us healthy. The modern healthcare system is geared entirely towards uh, what makes us sick and not about what makes us well. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, you say 50 years, I'll back up on that and I'll say that 20 years. I mean, the last 20 years has been, you know, even worse. I mean, especially when you look at childhood diseases. I mean, you know, when you and I were, were the same age, when you and I were kids, there were no, there was, you know, like one fat kid in school, right? Right. There was usually one fat kid. Now, 50% of the kids are fat. I mean, go to the, you know, go to a, Go to a high school or, or go to the aquatic center where the kids are yeah. playing in the summer. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, childhood obesity, that is the real epidemic. That's the pandemic or obesity in general. You want to comment on that? Oh, well, obviously, it, it, <laughs> there's a lot of factors that are, that are involved in that one. But um, and obviously, we have a serious issue with the food that we're putting into our bodies, which is not only far less nutritionally dense than it was back when we were kids, but it's also so much worse for us. It, it's the, the, the fat content, the carbohydrate content, just it, 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 
it's a, like the more the merrier as far as they're concerned. And <laughs> right. The, the cheaper they can make it, then the better off it's going to wind up being. And, you know, granted, eating right is not easy, but we're just not taught that we're, we're inundated day in, day out with the messages that, you know, more, 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 more. And the American diet, quite frankly, sucks. It's horrible. Yeah. And I think most disease that we, you know, the, the uh, chronic diseases that you were talking about earlier um, can be attributed a lot to diet. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, there's also a trend towards normalization or, or um, explaining away a lot of the childhood obesity and used to be, well, and the, just looking back, I mean, this, I'm not, not going to delve into the whole back in my day kind of thing, but uh, when I was growing up, I could not wait during the summertime. I'd be up at first light and this is totally dating me, but I had a paper route. So I used to get up first light, get out there, deliver the newspapers. And then as soon as I got back to the house, throw some food down my throat and then I'd be out the door and I would not be home until the streetlights came on. Yep. And out, you know, what was I doing? Was I hanging out, sitting in front of a computer screen all day? Was I playing on my phone? No, those things didn't exist. So I was out running around with my friends. We were doing things. We were exploring areas of the neighborhood that we'd never seen before. Now, I mean, my kids, my kids, I have to physically take their devices from them and kick them out the front door to get them to even want to go outside. And then they complain. So it's a complete paradigm shift. And you know, granted, it takes place slowly over a good number of years, but here we are. Yeah. And I, and I will say, you know, I mean, you, you're active yourself. So um, your kids are, are not really modeling what you do, but I think part of a big part of the problem is is that most parents aren't active. Most parents are on their phone all day and they don't do anything active. They're sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and drinking wine or drinking soda. And so, and then they get upset when their kids are obese. And it's like, well, what do you expect, right? Exactly. So, I mean, as parents, I think we have to be good role models for one. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I 11 years ago, I lost 60 pounds and I had one son that was um, obese. And, um, you know, when I lost weight a few years later, he lost weight. Now, you know, he's 19 years old and he's a rock star. So, I mean, not, not literally, but <laughs> so, so anyway, so I think as parents, we have to be good role models and that includes our, our, our diet also, not just activity levels. So, sure. so what, what's the fix for our healthcare system? You say, you know, we create customers cause we have all this chronic disease. So what's the fix for our healthcare system? You mentioned a little bit about diet. Can you expand on a little bit about how do we prevent these chronic diseases then? That's a tough one. It really is because I mean, obviously the field that I'm in is entirely based around promoting and educating patients on what makes them well rather than what makes them sick. But we don't have the ear of the public the way that the medical profession does. And they've had a, a stranglehold on, especially uh, the, the, big, the big pharma. They have billions of dollars that they can spend on advertisements and 
getting the word out and take this pill, you'll be healthy. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, it's 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 tough to overcome that because it really does take a complete shift in the mindset of every single person that walks in my door. And what I I'm obviously I'm I'm big on education. I have to be because chiropractic can fall into a couple different categories. It can be what, what chiropractic is commonly known for, which is just straight you know, back pain relief. And it seems like most of whatever studies have been done about chiropractic are geared towards that end. At the very least, we have the medical profession begrudgingly admitting that we are better with back pain than they are. That's fairly recent. Um, if, in fact, you know, look, look back at the 1970s, they were actively trying to destroy us as a profession. Mm -hmm. But the other camp, I guess if you want to call it that, of chiropractic is really geared towards not just pain relief, but also whole health improvement. And that's where I'd like to see the rest of the medical field uh, advanced to because that really is the next level. The best doctor that you have is the one that's already built inside of you. It knows what you need yep. 24, 7, 365, I mean, all the time. There is not a single second that goes by that your body is not aware of what's going on and is trying to maintain your health. But so much of what we do flies in the face of that. If we just realized that our bodies are, I mean, for lack of a better, better phrase, incredibly intelligent. And if we trust in our natural processes, then, you know, and, and, and are able to give our bodies what, what they need to, to do what they want to do, then we will be healthier as, as a people, as a nation and as a world. Yeah, we just need to give our body the correct tools. I mean, that's exactly. really, you know, and um, this is coming from a pharmacist, but drugs are not necessarily the answer. Well, exactly. There's a time, <laughs> there's a place. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one, of, I'm not like a, like a zealot detractor. I'm not going to say that we have all the answers because we don't. And but, but the approach that we take is drastically different than any other health profession. And if we just let people know that there are alternatives to drug surgery and just you know taking care of an issue once it decides to, to rear its head, then again we'd be we'd be much healthier. We'd be much better off. So so tell us how how chiropractic can can help in this overall wellness model. Tell us how how day to day you can help patients with that. Oh it's it's an incredibly simple but it's an incredibly powerful concept. And it's entirely based around a, uh, a concept that is called the uh, vertebral subluxation. And a big, long Latin term. And you know, I'm, I'm not talking like a completely different language here. What, what it simply refers to is that it stresses affect the body, obviously. And stresses affect the body, whether or not you're aware of it, it's impossible to eliminate them. And some affect more than others. So what happens is the body has to deal with those stresses and it will deal with it in a, in a physical fashion. So if you have, and, and I'm talking of course about the, the spine as not just the, 
the, the core of the body as posture, position, movement, support. But if you consider the fact that the primary function of the spine is as a protective structure for the central nervous system, mm-hmm. and as essential as, I mean, just picture it this way, the central nervous system is the only system in the body that has its own dedicated protective structure. And the skull protects the, the brain, the spinal cord, or spinal column protects the spinal cord. But the fact that the spinal column is made up of individual vertebrae means that there's independent movement in between these vertebrae and those vertebrae are subject to stress to where they can shift and and uh, uh, translate out of position with respect to the ones above and below now when that happens that creates a stress point now the stress point taken by itself might not mean much of anything at all it'll, it'll create some secondary issues like muscle spasm inflammation the, the body's just natural defense mechanism for any kind of uh, structural irritant but the fact that it's so so uh, close proximity to the central nervous system means that whether it be direct bone on uh, pressure or uh, inflammatory pressure or muscular pressure, if it puts pressure on nerve tissue, it will physically alter the signals traveling through those nerves. Now, we know this for a fact. We've known it for a, a long, long time, and it does not take a lot of pressure. In fact, the research has found that just the weight of a dime, okay, you know how much, how much a dime weighs, okay, then you put it in the palm of your hand in five seconds, you forget it's there, mm-hmm. okay, but if you take that much pressure and you put it on top of nerve tissue, it will physically decrease the signal traveling through that nerve by up to 60%. Now, wow. what does that mean? The, all, on a baseline level, what it means is that the signal that starts off here is not the one received. So minor malfunction. Now, granted, if it's a nerve that transmits pain, then it's kind of hard to mistake that because that's where you get things like sciatica, numbness, tingling, things like that. But that's not the majority of the time. Only about 10% of the nerves in the body transmit sensation and pain. The other 90% has to do with everything else the body does. So if you've got pressure on one of those nerves, that can create a minor malfunction somewhere in the body. Minor malfunction projected over a long period of time creates a major malfunction and major breakdowns. So by simply keeping the nerve pathways clear, and chiropractors are the only ones that do this, by adjusting the spine, by clearing out those nerve pathways, we can restore the normal communication between the brain and the body. And that is always going to result in better health, better function on a baseline level all the time. And you do that by? By analyzing the spine for subluxation, figuring out where the interferences are, and then adjusting the vertebrae that are responsible for those interferences, clearing out those nerve pathways. And it's amazing some of the, the results that we get. I mean, not just pain relief. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you, you restore the function of the body, let the body work, and it's amazing what happens. So give us a patient example of, you know, non-back pain related stuff that you have um, helped a patient overcome. Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, one of the more common uh, responses that I get from a patient being adjusted, oftentimes for the first time, is they tell me that they come back and they are sleeping better. They're thinking more clearly during the day. They have higher energy levels. Uh, 
some of the more dramatic uh, results that I get, I'm thinking of two cases. I've been doing this now for 21 years, and granted, I'm not, I'm not laying claim to say that I can cure any kind of condition or disease or anything else like that. It's not me. I mean, this, this is entirely up to the, the, the patient's own intrinsic uh, uh, functional capacity. But I've actually had two type 2 diabetic patients completely come off their insulin. Just and the only difference that they were that they did during that time, it wasn't any kind of dietary shift or anything else like that. The only difference that they said that they had um, uh, uh, undergone during that time was being adjusted regularly. And just thinking about uh, it, it makes sense. You got the nerves that go to the pancreas. Yeah. If there's impingement on those nerves, pancreas is not functioning well. Restore the communication. All of a sudden, things are working better, and sometimes dramatic results are the uh, are the are the overall effect and i would assume with a lot of your diabetics or most of your diabetics you still because a lot of chiropractors talk about diet and exercise so i'm assuming you counsel them on those kind of oh, issues God, also yes. correct absolutely yeah. yeah and often oftentimes i'm not the first person they're seeing and right. they rarely ever come to me for treatment for diabetes but as a part of the, 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 the whole health aspect of the way that uh, we practice, we oftentimes do nutritional counseling, exercise counseling, and, and other associated lifestyle uh, counseling along with the actual physical adjustment, uh, adjustment treatment. So what's typically, I know every patient's different, but... Um... You know, for an average patient, how often should they see a chiropractor? I, I, I'm assuming it does depend on the severity of their symptoms and um, what they're looking to to change. But sure. on average, can you go through that process when somebody sees you? What what hap What happens? Well, well, there there definitely is a process that that goes on. Uh, when a patient comes to see me, oftentimes they either haven't seen a chiropractor before, or they have seen them before, but they stopped. For a long time and usually they are in pain so when i do an analysis i'm taking a number of different factors into consideration you got you know patient's age general conditioning uh history of traumas things like that and of course the first job is to make sure that what i have to offer them is going to be safe so we do a lot of uh, orthopedic testing we do x-rays and things along those lines to eliminate some of the other possibilities that may be contributing to what they have going on if we determine that that uh, the issue is most likely structural and that adjusting them will be safe, then typically we'll start them off. And this is a process where we start them off, we have to get their body into a certain rhythm, okay? The one commonality that we all have is that our bodies, we get ourselves into certain physical habits, okay? And this is behavioral as well as uh, structural to where by the time I see somebody, usually they've had this issue going on for a while usually a good number of years. So their body has structurally gotten itself into a, into a habit. And we have to break that habit. We have to form another one, which takes two things. It takes consistency and a certain degree of uh, frequency. So at the very beginning, say for example, uh, this is the same concept as if you want to go to the gym, start working out and you know, change your physical shape. Mm -hmm. Does it really do any good to just go, okay, the first week I'll go three times. And the next week I'll go once and then I'll skip a week because, you know, I was doing all right. And then the following week I'll do it twice. So obviously you're not going to see the results that you want. 
So typically we'll start off a patient at a, usually it's either twice or three times a week, okay? A little consistency that way. We do that until the subluxation, the underlying structure starts to stabilize. And then we taper it down, three times down to two or twice down to once. And then after we manage to get the underlying subluxation in a, in a much more stable configuration, we've started to make that change to sort of to form the new physical habit. Then whatever curvature changes that they've had, that they've uh, had in their body, if there's any kind of scoliosis, hip imbalance, things along those lines, then we work on overall consistency. We'll work on changing the underlying shape and position and stability, of course, strengthen along the way as well by just doing once a week over however long we need to, to get the end result. And of course, what's the end result? The end result is trying to meet the patient's goals and expectations that they set at the very beginning of the point of care. Because without goals, then you're just kind of flailing in, in the dark and kind of hoping for whatever result you get. But if we set the goals at the very beginning, and that's something that I also work with all of my patients on, set the goals, achieve the goals and however long it takes to get there. And then of course, after it's all said and done, then, then, then we go ahead and we discuss maintenance because you have to maintain. And that's something that, and this is something that I hear all the time. I've had patients coming to see me that, and this is a fairly um, a common one. They say that they had never seen a chiropractor before because everyone knows that once you start seeing a chiropractor, you have to keep on seeing them for the rest of your life. Otherwise it doesn't work. And that's, again, kind of, kind of a common one. But think of it this way. You can say the exact same thing about dentistry. Okay? <laughs> Why see a dentist? Because otherwise, you're just going to have to keep on seeing one for the rest of your life. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Just the question is, how well do you like your teeth? Right. And do we brush our teeth every day? Do we? <laughs> Hopefully, right. most of us do. <laughs> right. So, yes. <laughs> and and is, it, is it kind of a pain in the butt? Would I rather just kind of, you know, end my day, roll into bed and just not worry about it? Of course. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, that, right. It's a time saver. But you do it because you understand that you have to maintain if you want to keep them. Right. So the exact same way. How well do you like your spine? How well do you like your central nervous system to be functioning well? If the answer is, eh, it's kind of important to me, then, yeah, you need to get your spine checked every now and again. Well, and on that same note, kind of like brushing your teeth every day, I'm assuming you prescribe some kind of home exercise. Um, so, you oh, know, it's not plan of care. Yeah, that, that's right. that's part that's part of the uh, the long haul. As we're working on changing the structure, then yeah, we have to definitely strengthen up the surrounding uh, musculature in order to stabilize the core and be able to hold on to the adjustment in a much more effective manner. So, oh yeah, there's a stre stretching, strengthening. It is all essential. It's all an essential part of the process. Absolutely. Okay. So you spoke about being safe. You do x-rays, you decide if things are safe. So sure. there might, there's some stories out there about um, chiropractors doing some aortic tears by adjusting people's necks. Can you expand on that? Yeah, that, that, uh, I guess the widespread dissemination of that little nugget came uh, as a result of uh, the AMA back in the 1970s conducting an active uh, smear campaign against chiropractic to where they were literally uh, 
paying for billboards in which they would plaster up statements like that saying uh, chiropractic causes strokes. Where if you, well, yeah, if you, if you look at the stats, okay, and the stats are, are, they're available, they're pretty clear, that you have the exact same chance of experiencing a stroke as a result of a vertebral, a chiropractic vertebral adjustment as you would just by going to your general practitioner. The stats are exactly the same. Now, are there cases of uh, chiropractors causing uh, uh, air tears or aneurysms, things like that? Then, I mean, yes, there are. But the stats have been wildly overblown, and the very few cases that they have on record of that, again, the, the, the chances of this happening are so incredibly minuscule as to be um, almost non-existent, really. Well, I can't imagine physically what you would really have to do to somebody's neck to actually tear their aorta. Yeah, and, and a lot of that has to do with like old school style adjusting as well. And there's one that's referred to as a double rotary break, which is exactly as, as kind of as barbaric as it sounds, where, um, and I think we were, we were talking about this before, where this is a really old school technique where basically the chiropractor standing behind the patient, grabs their chin, grabs the back of their head, says relax, and it's entirely based around the, uh, the concept of taking a person's neck to its full end range of motion and then slightly past that. So it's putting a significant strain on the, uh, on the joints in the neck and also the associated surrounding structures, which you have a vertebral artery that runs down actually, uh, it, it's surrounded by the, um, uh, the C1 vertebrae. And that when you, when you bring a person's neck to its full rotation, then yes, there is some, there's some degree of stress on that artery. And if you keep things within range of motion, there's no stress, but you go ahead and you take a comp. And if there's already some kind of baseline compromise, then there is a slight risk of, of issues like that uh, occurring. But again, you know, with the, the tests that we do and the likelihood of that happening, it's, it's the, the chances of that happening are almost non-existent. Yeah, I would, I would sure think so. So, and I would imagine too, for obvious reasons, you know, anybody that you adjust, you, you would adjust a 85-year-old lady with osteoporosis different than you would adjust me, I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. Right. And there's different techniques for different situations. And if the osteoporosis was advanced enough, then I wouldn't even feel safe in, in, in adjusting the patient at all. Right. So right. that would be one of those factors that would be uh, uh, a uh, an underlying issue that would not be particularly safe to adjust on. So that's the primary, uh, the, the, the primary factor with this. I mean, is it safe? Right. Right. So what, what drives you? What's your passion? Oh, good Lord. Um, just the fact that what I do on a baseline level, uh, changes lives. And, this is one of those situations where um, I always seem to kind of wind up where 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 I should sometimes in, in spite of my um, <laughs> in spite of my worst efforts. Um, <laughs> but um, 
my just speaking to it like a personal story here please and oh um my my father uh was the first example that i ever saw of a person suffering with debilitating back pain and this is when i was like a young teenager and uh, just to see him laid out on the living room floor screaming in pain was a little bit of a shock to my system at that time because he'd always been you know the rock he was you know, the strong right. one in the family and took charge of everything else but what that did to him over the a number of years was uh, and he never really understood that there was an alternative and this is one of the reasons this is one of the things that kind of drives me now because he went down the medical model my mother was a nurse so she was uh, involved with uh, working with well, started off in nursing homes but then she worked in uh, a private doctor's office and hospitals and things like that so she didn't know anything about chiropractic either so when he experienced that uh, the issues that he suffered with he went down the medical route to where they gave him injections and medications that eventually surgery and nothing worked. So he wound up uh, not only being on pain medication for, for years at a time, but he would also self-medicate with, uh, with alcohol. And that kind of led him down a, an amazingly horrible path that completely changed his personality and uh, just, you know, not to turn the thing into a sob story or anything, but it was a good number of years that I didn't have any kind of contact with him. But I found out uh, a few years back that he uh, he had died young and he had never found anything that would be able to help him. He pretty much died as he lived um, on nonstop medications and alcohol, and that wore his body down and eventually killed him. So looking back on on something like that i mean the thought can't help a kick around in right. my head if i knew then what i know now could i have helped him find a better path and what would that have done for his life but not, not only his life but the lives of everybody around him as well i mean granted i wound up in a pretty good place but it definitely wasn't because of him that was in spite of him so if he had not experienced what he had gone through and not made the choice or not had to make the choice to self-medicate and have his life turn out the way that it did, how much better could his life been? How much better could um, my mother's life have been, my life, my brother's life, my sister's life, everybody that he had touched up until yeah. that point. So I, I strongly believe that in offering what I can to all of my patients, then I am making their lives better and hopefully the lives of everybody around them as well. Well, I will tell you a personal story. First of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, and thank you for doing what you do. Cause I, I'll tell you a personal story of mine, like three years ago, when my oldest son graduated from high school, I had just horrible low back pain. And I thought, I don't know, I thought it was maybe pyelonephritis, like a kidney infection or something. It was on both sides, just horrible. And then my stepmom gave me, I was at my son's graduation party. She gave me a quick massage. She's a massage therapist. And I mean, it was 
just a quick massage in five minutes or something. And it was better. Now, I had been talking over the last week to some medical providers. You know, I, I have access to them because I'm in that industry, right? Of course, they want to prescribe pain meds. They want to prescribe muscle relaxant. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go that route. Anyway, the massage helped. And I had quit going to massage like a year before that. I would normally have a monthly massage and a monthly chiropractor appointment to maintain what the chiropractor had done for me. Excellent. And I, right. And I quit going and it'd been about a year and then things, I mean, it was, it was bad back pain and I started going back to the chiropractor, got massage therapy again and my pain was gone and I still go regularly. And, um, I think about all the patients over the years that I've treated that are on chronic pain medications and chronic muscle relaxants that don't need to be. Sure. You know, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know what that long-term therapy, what, what any kind of long-term drug therapy does to your body. The same thing it did to your dad, same thing alcohol did to your dad. It, yeah. it, it, it does the same thing. And it's, it's horrible to see. And I, and I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I, there are cases where physically there's nothing a chiropractor can do, as oh, you yeah. know. Absolutely. But in my case, being a, a, a young, healthy person already, I just needed some muscular skeletal adjustment and massage, and I'm all better. There you go. You know, and I was doing my workout this morning, and I realized my massage therapist canceled on me this month, and it's like, and I missed my character appointment last week, and I'm feeling it. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'll tell you, just, just think about it on a baseline level. By adjusting the spine, is the chiropractor actually fixing you? Obviously, no. They, they, I mean, the answer is no. What is, what is actually fixing you is your body's natural Correct. inherent healing process. Right. And just by freeing that up, you can repair so much of that damage that's been done. And you can maintain the structure. You can maintain the function. You can maintain the form. That's we right. Were never, we were never meant to break down as fast as we do. No, no. And if we eat right, we exercise, we sleep right, and we do the right things to take care of our body, we're not going to break down as much, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So how do people get a hold of you if they, if they have questions? Oh, uh, well, I am a, uh, a member of a group of chiropractors that, uh, quite frankly, is second to none. It took me a long time to, to find them, and uh, I have to kind of, uh, uh, again, kind of thank the, uh, the fact that uh, I, I always seem to kind of be exactly where I'm supposed to be. And uh, the group is called Line Life. And it was, it's, a, it's a, like a small national franchise, and it was uh, founded by uh, Dr. Joe Esposito. And uh, I mean, there's so many insanely good chiropractors, not only uh, the, the highest principal chiropractors, uh, they are truly dedicated to their patients. They are truly dedicated to the mission of educating every single patient that comes through their door about what makes them healthy, but they're also technically, and as far as like adjustive skill, literally, they are amazing. There's not a single bad chiropractor in the group and they don't bring just anybody on board. They're very, very selective in who they allow into the group. Um, 
you can find me, uh, well, you got it pulled up right there. Um, my particular uh, clinic is called uh, Align Life of Nexton. And the direct number for the uh, clinic is 843. Uh, this was it. Uh, actually, I don't know if my direct phone number. Uh, 906-336. I believe that's it. Let me confirm that one. <laughs> See it, and then the, the one thing that you caught me on there. Lindsay's uh, shaking her head, so I, it's hard for me to remember my number too. We're streaming it right there. What is it? I don't have okay, my glasses on, go. but yeah, the, the, if they want to get a hold of me uh, directly, like talk to my front desk, that uh, it's eight four three nine zero zero six three three six, and cool. we are actually this is kind of a um, uh, an interesting clinic that I'm involved in because they brought me on board in order to. Um, kind of, I don't know if we would to call it experimental, but the uh, the actual line life of Nexton Clinic is uh, inside a, uh, a gym. Uh, we're inside oh, the Bull cool. Fitness Gym in the Nexton Shopping Center in Somerville, South Carolina. So it was kind of an interesting experiment in, to, in seeing whether or not we could do a full service clinic inside a very small space. And the clinic itself is only about uh, measured one day. I think it's only about 300 square feet. Wow. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, we're doing some absolutely amazing work, not yeah. only with uh, the gym members, but also with a number of outside uh, patients as well. Trying to get the word out, of course, that we're here. Uh, uh, advertisement and, and uh, signage is kind of limited. But um, we are growing and the word's getting out. So um, I love it. Well, very, very encouraged. we'll try to help you get the word out too on this podcast. So we'll share it. And um, I am going to be in South Carolina this, oh, like the 4th of July weekend. So maybe um, we can get together. I'll stop by and see your clinic. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, that concludes our, our episode today. I really appreciate you being on. You have really made our goal of educating and empowering consumers to be in charge of their own health. You talked about it a lot that we don't really fix anything. The body fixes things. We just need, the body needs help to, to, to fix itself. So thank you for doing that. And have a wonderful Memorial Day. And I want to thank all of our veterans out there. Um, anybody that's a veteran or has fam, friends or family that's a veteran, thank you so much because it is what allows us to be able to openly talk freely today. And I really, really appreciate it. I really do. Freedom of speech is so important. And even though we've been censored a couple of times, um, I am not going to stop talking about things that I want to talk about to empower and educate consumers about what I believe in their health. So uh, thank you, Dr. Board, for being on today. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Tuesday. Thank you.